It is as simple as this. You must be born again. Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus for answers. John 3, 3 through 8. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. We were born the first time as sons and daughters of Adam. The psalmist in chapter 51, verse 5 writes, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Consider Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 7. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Born again is the birth of eternal glorious consequences. Born again is to be born of the Spirit of God. This is the place of pedigree. This is the place of power and purpose. This is the place where old things are passed away. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Are you ready to become a brand new creation? Today is your day of salvation. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said Colossians chapter 1, 16 through 20. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. God said, Numbers twenty-four seventeen, I shall see him, but not now. 
I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. God said, Revelation 22, verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Man said, the foolish Christians are uneducated and easily led. Their Jesus and their Bible is the answer to everything. Now the record. How beautiful and completely perfect are the words of God. To embrace them is to embrace life, even eternal life. We do not deny or dodge carnal man's charge that we cling to our Bibles and our Christ, neither do we shrink from his allegations that in our childlike minds we make Jesus the solution to every problem because he is the solution to every problem. Jesus Christ is the center of our molecular structure. He is the instructions in our DNA. He is the center of every thought, simply pro-Christ or Antichrist. He is the Alpha and the Omega. In the human body, there is a curious protein molecule that is literally the glue that holds all cells and organs together. Without this molecule called laminin, we could not exist. The laminin molecule is curiously shaped like the cross of Christ. Could the Creator have known something about this matter? Consider this interesting coupling of words in Revelation 13, verse 8. Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Or how about Colossians 1.17? And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. As will be obvious as we move further in this feature, Jesus Christ is the center of all with which this world has to do. A fascinating paradox exists that few have taken time to consider. Why do the born-again love the Jews, who fully reject their Christ? The following paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Jesus Saves the Jews Again and Again and Again. In their present state of rebellion against the Word of God, the Jews are, by biblical definition, true antichrist. Jesus, the King of the Jews, the title posted on the cross of Golgotha, came to minister to the Jew first, than the Gentile. The Jewish people were the keepers of the covenant of the word of God, but they rejected the message of their Messiah. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ, although carried out by Pontius Pilate and his Gentile troops, was precipitated by the demands of the Jewish leadership. Even when Pilate unsuccessfully washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person, see ye to it, the Jews responded, His blood be on us and on our children. In spite of his efforts to absolve himself, Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles participated in the murder of Jesus Christ. The Jewish position concerning Jesus Christ in the days of the crucifixion remains the same as today, even though much of their rhetoric has been softened. 1. Jesus Christ was a bastard, meaning child born out of wedlock. The reason they say this is that if he was born of a virgin, then they crucified their Messiah, 
The Old Testament prophet Isaiah prophesied in chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Number two. The Jews did not deny the great miracles that Christ performed, but attributed them to sorcery. If the miracles were not sorcery, then they were in fact the endorsement of God, and again, the Jews killed their Messiah. So the Jewish position is that Jesus was a bastard and a sorcerer. The Jewish people as a nation, I say as a nation, for many individual Jews have been converted to Jesus Christ, are blinded because of their unbelief, and also in part so that the fullness of the Gentiles might come in. God's Word records the following in Romans eleven twenty-five through 28. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins." As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. The Jewish people who remain at the great coming battle of Armageddon will be saved as a nation when Jesus Christ returns with his saints, landing on and splitting the Mount of Olives to fight for the earth's remaining seeds of Abraham. The Old Testament prophet Zechariah speaks of this coming day and of the reaction of the Jewish people when they see their Messiah, Jesus Christ, Zechariah 12, 9 and 10. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Zechariah chapter 13, uh, chapter 13, Verse 16, and one shall say unto him, what are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. This will be the time that the remnant of the Jewish nation embraces the king of glory. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of all things. But Israel as a whole rejects him. Romans nine thirty through 33. What shall we say then, that the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. One of Israel's ancient sages said, Who or what could have been a greater stumbling stone to the Jewish people than Jesus Christ? He was surely correct in his assessment. True Christians have a natural desire to win all lost souls to Jesus Christ. But when a Jew is one to the Lord, he receives special attention 
because as the Apostle Paul records, he is as one brought back from the dead. As mentioned above and in various places on this website, Jesus Christ will return to this earth to battle on behalf of Israel and to save the remaining Jews as a nation. They will finally embrace him as their Messiah. But it is also Jesus Christ personally that has restored them as a nation and who keeps them alive at this very moment. The nation of Israel is still blinded from this truth. I doubt that anyone would deny that the United States is Israel's greatest friend and defender, although since Barack Obama was elected, the situation has been changing for the negative. Billions of dollars in American aid has helped support Israel in these troublesome times. American weapons have buttressed Israel's defenses dramatically. America has vetoed droves of United Nations condemnations of Israel. The United States has suffered terrorism in its homeland because of its unabashed support for the Jewish people. America has gone on the attack against anti-Semitic terrorism in Afghanistan and Iraq and their terrorist recruits from all over the Middle East. The fear of America brought Libya, one of Israel's avowed enemies, to its dis uh, disarmament of weapons of mass destruction. America stood up against the world's court's condemnation of the Israeli security wall that protects its citizens against Muslim suicide killers. America supports Israel in many ways, and the list is substantial. But why? Why does America support Israel at all? Why not follow in the footprints of France, Germany, the Middle East, and the United Nations, etc.? The reason should be obvious. The United States is a Christian nation. We were discovered by Christopher Columbus, whose name means Christ-bearer. The charter to colonize America was issued by King James of England. It was called the Evangelical Grant Charter, and it read in part, to make habitation and to deduce a colony of sundry of our people into that part of America, commonly called Virginia, in propagating of Christian religion to such people as yet live in darkness, to bring a settled and quiet government End of quote. In David Limbaugh's book, Persecution, the following excerpt is found. The Mayflower Compact acknowledged the, pil the pilgrim's purpose in the voyage for the glory of God and the advancement of Christian faith, and it is expressly purported to be a covenant between them and their sovereign God. End of quote. 52. Of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence were definite Christians. Our first president was a devout Christian, and every president since has confessed Jesus Christ. America is a Christian nation, even though it is under heavy attack from the Antichrist ranks. So then why is Christian America so intent on supporting Israel, who is basically Antichrist? Why is Christian America willing to jeopardize its wealth, world status, and the blood of its young soldiers to support the Jews? The answer is very simple. America is a Christian nation, and Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews, the leader of the Christian world, commands us to do so. Why shouldn't America be like much of the world whose hatred for Israel is so very obvious? Jesus Christ, the leader of Christian America, commands us to love Israel, and the conservative root of Christian America does. True followers of Christ are the seed of Abraham, and that seed is Christ. We know that one day, redeemed Jews and Gentiles will walk as one in Christ Jesus. We are friends of Israel. 
because Jesus Christ commands it so. And we know the rest of the story. End of quote. Many years ago, I knew a mighty Jewish brother in Christ named Samuel. He told of how prior to his salvation, he met an old Christian Jew who was trying to convert him. In an intense conversation, Sam told the old brother that if he could show him Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, he would become a Christian. The old brother said to Sam that he would show him Christ on every page of the Bible and invited him to his home that very evening for a demonstration. He began the discussion reading Genesis 1, 3-5. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. The old brother said to Sam, Here he is. The sun, moon, and the stars were not created till the fourth day. Jesus Christ is called the light of the world. Consider John 1, 6 through 9. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. I am reminded of the words found in Psalms 40, verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. Jesus Christ is the central focus of the Bible. He is found on every page. Revelation 19.13 speaks of Christ and says, And his name is called the Word of God. Jesus Christ is the center of the universe by God's design, and his estranged people, the Jews, will soon find him in a most conspicuous place. The Jewish flag hosts an emblem called the Star of David, known to the Israelis as the Shield of David. In their Hebrew language, it is called Megan David. The first reference to this star was made approximately 3,500 years ago in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. Around 3,000 years ago, King David declares who the shield of David is. Psalms 31, uh, verse 1 through 3. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, There is no help for him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. It should be no surprise that Satan's camp would attempt to co-opt this star for themselves, being that Satan, their leader, is a fallen star himself. Isaiah chapter fourteen twelve through 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. In Revelation chapter three, uh, th- uh, pardon me, in chapter twelve, three through nine, we read, 
And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the wound, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God into his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. It is commonly believed that the third of the stars being cast down to the earth are the fallen angels. Stars are much more than we commonly associate them with. The spiritual and physical realities are most staggering. Revelation 1 verse 16 speaks of Christ, and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Revelation 1.20, the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars, are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Jesus Christ is known in the Bible as the bright and morning star. The Old Testament prophet Malachi prophesies of Christ in chapter 4, verse 2, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Keep in mind that our sun is a morning star. How literal are, how literal are we to take these passages? Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. The Bible teaches that when the children of God see Christ, we will be like him. Now consider what Jesus says of the redeemed, Matthew thirteen forty three. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. The great man of God, Daniel, writes in chapter 12, verse 3, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Unbeknownst to the Jews is that the star of David, Megan David, David's shield, is Jesus Christ. Revelation 22, verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Jesus speaks to the Pharisees about David's shield in Matthew chapter 22, 41 through 45. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? 
Jesus Christ will soon return to the earth to defend the seed of Abraham at the Battle of Armageddon, and his ensign is already flying on Israel's flag. This time, they will recognize their Messiah. At Armageddon, this world ends as we know it, and a star will lead the way. God said, Colossians chapter 1, 16 through 20, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. God said, Numbers 24, verse 17, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. God said, Revelation twenty-two sixteen, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Man said, The foolish Christians are uneducated and easily led. Their Jesus and their Bible is the answer to everything. Now you have the record.